Welcome to Masters of Employee Development, Mike Hacker's podcast devoted to training team members in any type of organization. As a best-selling author, corporate trainer, and business leader, I seek out guests each week to discuss training successes, challenges, and best practices. On this show, you will hear from incredible CEOs, HR directors, and other experienced managers responsible for leadership and development. Lean in, listen, and take part in a community dedicated to improving life through increasing leadership. On this show, we talk a lot about how to develop the people that you hire, but how do you get the right people in the first place? Today on this show, we have Frida Pauli from Pymetrics, who really talks about helping people realize their potential from the beginning all the way through to the end of their career. Welcome to Masters of Employee Development, Mike Acker's YouTube segment devoted to training team members in any type of organization. Your host is a best-selling author, corporate trainer, and business leader. Find out more about Mike at MikeAcker.com. Each episode, Mike welcomes a CEO, HR director, or other experienced manager responsible for leadership and development. Together, Mike and his guest expert discuss training successes, challenges, and best practices. Lean in, listen, and take part in a community dedicated to improving life through increasing leadership. Now, here's your host, Mike Acker. Rita, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Absolutely, Mike. Pleasure to be here. So let's start out with just knowing a little bit more about who you are and about the company that you've started. Sure. So my name is Dr. Frida Pauly. I am a former Harvard and MIT trained cognitive neuroscientist turned startup founder. Um, the company that I run, Pymetrics, leverages the behavioral science we were doing in academic labs um, for the purpose of talent assessment. So we assess talent via soft skills. And instead of asking people questions about what they think about themselves or putting them through sort of boring math tests, we assess soft skills using tools that were developed by cognitive scientists. We call them tools, but they're actually like fun little games that you do on the computer that look at everything from, you know, memory attention to how emotionally sensitive you are to altruism, to your risk propensity, a whole bunch of different things. And that's what makes it fun is we get to you know, look at a person uh, in 3D rather than just a, a 2D piece of paper. I love it. Where did you get this idea from? Where did this, was this part of your... Yeah, so, you know, I, I escaped the lab. <clears throat> um, I was a scientist on the loose and I found myself in an MBA program at Harvard and, you know, thinking I want to do something more commercial with the science that we had been developing. And, you know, basically all MBA students do for two years is recruit. So I had a front receipt to recruiting and I could tell that what people were trying to understand about someone was not what was on their resume. You could easily understand that it was really, who is this person? Like, let me paint, let me have a 3D picture of this person. Let me understand them from a cognitive, social and emotional perspective. And that's how the idea came to be is that we had been measuring these things in the lab. Um, you know, all of us crazy scientists um, using sort of new cognitive science technology. And so I knew that it could be done. And that's basically the secret sauce that was missing from this equation. So it was a pretty easy light bulb to go off. Are there, are there times where you still miss the lab and want to go back? <laughs> I feel like we have a mini lab in Pymetrics anyways, you know, so, uh, so whenever I miss it, I go hang out with the data scientists and then I don't miss it anymore. <laughs> so but I love the the mission of Pymetrics is to help people well, why don't you say it better? Yeah, it's to help everyone realize their true potential. And even in the hiring process, right? Yeah, I mean, generally, like not only in hiring, but also in mobility, reskilling, learning and development. I mean, I think what I, the analogy I always use is that I think 
our traditional ways of evaluating people for careers or jobs is very sort of 1950s. It's sort of like, oh, you know, you should be smart, hardworking, and agreeable, right? And if you're those three things, then you're going to be a great fit everywhere. That's sort of historically the way we viewed talent. I almost I give the analogy, it's almost like what dating was probably like 30 years ago for women. Oh, you should be, you know, pretty cook well and know how, how to iron a shirt, or maybe it was 50 years ago, right? That's a very sort of cookie cutter, very constraining approach to, you know, to thinking about careers. I think now in dating, you could be whatever you want to be. You don't need to have to be a man or a woman anymore. Right. And you will find that perfect fit on the other side, because we know now that it's like, you know, everyone has a fit somewhere. And I don't think we've taken that same mentality to the world of work. And that's what cognitive science allows you to do. It allows you to see somebody very multidimensionally. And it also allows you to really understand that everybody's different and that everyone is going to have a fit somewhere. Well, one of the reasons why I was drawn to your profile on LinkedIn and reached out to you for this podcast was not only the success that you've had in your company, but this is something that I am personally passionate about. So not only so soft skills right here, connect through emotional intelligence. That was my what fifth book, I believe. And as I work with people in communication, I'm constantly seeing this need. And a lot yep. of people are talking about their hiring and they don't have a, a way to go about it that is scientific. Yep. We're approaching it to, we're, we're applying that to everything else. So why not apply it to something like, hiring people. Absolutely. Yep. The other reason why was when I was in um, my master's program in my young twenties, I had a professor in educational psychology who talked about potential and paraphrasing his words. He said, as a young person, potential is amazing. Yeah. As an old person, potential is a waste. As an old person, you want expertise and those stayed with me. And so for all these years, Right. has been help people realize their potential. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's talk about who is someone that you want to brag on or someone that you could say, this is one of the success stories that we've had of someone I've been able to invest in and develop. Yeah. You know, I don't want to pick any particular person because I think it really is the Pemetrix way that we have taken people who really didn't have the background or the expertise to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to disagree with your professor slightly. They have been <laughs> young, old, and everywhere in between. And said, you know, this is really a launching pad for you to do something completely different. And I can't tell you the number of people who literally come from like government and now they're running DEI initiatives somewhere or, um, you know, somebody who was a mechanical engineer and now they're a data scientist. I mean, just like, you know, really amazing stories. Right. So it's it's really our whole mission is not only to facilitate this in the world at large, but also to do it internal to the company, to take people who don't have the background to do X, Y, and Z, and to really give them the opportunity and the training um, to do so. So there's no one person. It's really just, a, there's a lot of people that I think who've come through Pemetrix and been able to do that. And I'm super proud. Let's go to that college professor for a moment, because sure. I thought about that for a little while, <laughs> because here he is talking about as a young person, potential is great. As yeah. an old person, you want to have realized your potential. Right, right. So my dad's in his seventies. I don't feel he's old. He still right. skis better than me, scuba dives, yeah. surfs. Totally. And he opened a law firm at 65. There you go. And he's flourishing as a law firm. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, my dad is the same. Like he was a career consultant at McKinsey for 30 years. And then, you know, at 60, he was an entrepreneur and started a chocolate brand that actually is like super successful. I see it in, you know, near my neighborhood um, and in many airports worldwide. Um, and then 10 years after that, he started a, you know, a private equity fund um, and he finally retired and he's like 82 um, you know, so I personally believe that there's a lot more in us than we have historically given ourselves credit for. And I think it's also because like life is changing, right? Nobody, very few people are going to retire. I think at 
you know, 60 or whatever. I think people live longer, live healthier, longer, have more sort of cognitive reserve these days. And I think that it's just, you know, and I think that people want to feel fulfilled. I think historically our attitude towards work was like, oh, it's a nine to five. I got to get through it. I got to save enough for retirement. Oh, finally I'm at retirement, right? (laughs) I can just like do what I want to do. But I think now the whole point is like, find something that you're super passionate about and that you love doing, right? And I think that's exactly what, Pymetrics is intended to do. It's trying to help everyone find their absolute best fit in the world of work so that it doesn't feel like a job, you know? Yeah, so so I am curious to know for yeah. a different conversation what your dad's going to do next because it's <laughs> only 82. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I'm sure he's he's getting bored doing exactly just, just exactly. stuff himself. Yeah. But to our point of developing people, talk to me about how you went from one person with an idea around some other students to now, I mean, on your LinkedIn, it says 124 employees, which probably means that you have more. And so talk to us a little bit about how you scaled from here to there and how long it took and some of the things that you did along the way. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think there's, it's, I always say building a company is a little bit like having a relationship. There's probably some fundamentals that you can do, right. But everybody's relationship and everybody's company is different. Right. I think for, for us, my co-founder, who is also a woman, um, you know, I think for us, it was really important to have sort of that scientific domain expertise. Right. So I was kind of like the cognitive scientist. She was the data scientist having that domain expertise really allowed us to build a platform that then attracted, you know, venture capital, um, and that really gave us a platform for bringing in people that, you know, again, were first time, whatever it was that they were doing and really giving people a platform to, to grow and, and scale whatever it is that they were, you know, trying to do. So I don't think there was like a secret sauce. I think very early, what we did do though, is identify sort of six values that we believe are, you know, very pymetrics, right? Um, we did that really when we were like, less than 30 employees. And, you know, the values are um, motivated by the mission of like helping everyone realize their true potential, choosing positivity and teamwork, bias to action, um, you know, act with transparency and integrity um, and do the impossible. And I think that having those values at a very early stage really allowed us to develop a culture that I believe in any case was really the key to success, right? That Peter Drucker, I don't know if you know who he is, but he, you know, has this great quote, which says, you know, culture beats strategy for lunch uh, every day. And I kind of agree with that. I think if you foster a culture where you have very clear values that you're trying to foster um, within everyone, it really allows people to um, to flourish and to realize their true potential. And by the way, that culture could be different somewhere else. I'm not saying those are the six values you need to have. But right. I think having a culture that manifests whatever whatever aspect um, you are trying to promote in the world, I think is, is super important. Have you seen those cultural values shift throughout time? Have you done some? No, we've done, I mean, intentionally we've tried to keep those really core to what we do, right? It doesn't mean we've we're a static organization and no one is able to influence it. But I think that, you know, let's take motivated by mission. If you're not motivated by the mission of helping everyone realize their true potential, like, you know, maybe Pymetrics isn't the right startup for you, right? (laughs) Um, You know, or for example, like bias to action and do the impossible. If you're not motivated by like really making a difference and doing that um, in a way that sometimes feels like it's impossible, then again, you know, the way that we work maybe, maybe isn't right for you. So we've really tried to stay true to those values um, more than like having shifting values every year because new people are coming in. It, it's yeah. And you don't have the, the 1990s successory posters all over the place with the cultural values. <laughs> no. Although that, that might be something to bring back. I, I miss those. Right. right. Maybe we'll update them a little bit for, you know, 2021, but yeah. They were pretty cute. If you think about it. I mean, they were cute. They were cute. They were, they were fun to laugh at and you know, yeah. 
Yeah, they have e-motivational posters too. So, right. so what are some challenges that you have seen that have shown up that that were some big turning points, perhaps, or caused the creation of something else, or caused even some confusion and downturn? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, just take the recent pandemic, right? I mean, so you know, we were. Oh wait, that, you had that too. The <laughs> pandemic <laughs> affected you. Here, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, just you know, navigating COVID. I mean, you know. A lot of our clients were like, hey, by the way, not only are we not hiring, we're actually, unfortunately, you know, letting people go. So we went through a pretty dramatic transformation last year in terms of like, not so much like what we were doing as a company, but the types of products that we needed to, to deliver to, to meet our clients where they needed us to be met, where they needed us to meet them, right? So instead of just focusing on hiring, we now do a lot of mobility work, right? Because people are like, well, we're not hiring, but boy, oh boy, has this business environment changed a whole hell of a lot. Like, could you help me with that? And so, you know, and so I think it's like, you know, we have transformed in response to, as have many companies in response to recent events. And I think that that's really led to, you know, a a stronger, healthier platform overall, you know? What is it that you're telling your clients that you can share here for for this audience for free and a shorter reduced amount that you have found people saying that's really helpful. I think again, this doesn't, this really shouldn't be a light bulb moment, but for many clients it is, it's really that focusing on the talent that you have within an organization and helping them develop their true potential. I think clients are needing to change, right? Like with the great resignation and COVID, the combination of those two things, clients understand that, you know what, my brand isn't enough to keep talent, right? Like people are walking out the door at brand name companies, like there's no tomorrow. So what we shared with them is like, develop your people, give them internal mobility opportunities, give them L&D, right? Those are the types of things that are going to make you able to retain the type of talent that you want to retain rather than literally them walking out the door and finding a different job somewhere else. And that I think, again, it shouldn't be a light bulb moment, but I think it has been for a lot of people. And it's really, I think it's resonated well. So it's really Develop your develop your people. It's very interesting. Yesterday, I had a conversation with CEO, as I mentioned to you, yep. Sourcecraft Cocktails, and yep. he had mentioned almost exactly the same yeah. in terms of the totally. resignation and training. Yeah. And then he he took it on a tangent when I asked yeah. this question. So, what right. areas are you? That conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was too early in the morning. He said it was five o'clock somewhere, but I, right. I, I got I got clients here today. Right. So so no cocktail right now. Later right. on the. But the the big question, what are you doing to train people? What are you training people in? What do you feel like is maybe a no-brainer to you? But what I found out, and I'm sure you as well, when you say something that becomes so normal to you, you realize that it's brand new to somebody else. So what is it that you're training people in and teaching people in? Well, again, I think a lot of times when people are thinking about internal mobility or developing people, they're looking only at somebody's resume or their hard skills, right? You really need to assess. And you know, again, we use Pymetrics. You can use whatever you want to use. You really need to understand sort of their cognitive, social, and emotional aptitudes, right? Because there's three parts to job happiness and success. There's hard skills. Got it. There's aptitudinal fit which is what we do. And then there's also interest and motivation, right? So as people are thinking through this time of great resignation, they're raising their hand and saying, I'm interested, I'm motivated by this and I'm not doing this, right? So you're getting that signal from the person. You have the resume. What's really missing is some way to gauge their soft skill fit to, to different roles. And so that's what we've been obviously using our own tool internally to do. And obviously would encourage people to figure out whatever system they're going to use to really understand based somebody's core fit to, to a role. 
is Pymetrics available to the average consumer? Or is it just something that that is rolling out to? That is a great question. We are planning on having a direct to consumer platform uh, in twenty early twenty twenty two. So check back. Um, and but absolutely, that's the goal is really to allow this career assessment to happen. You know, more broadly at scale for for you know direct to consumer purposes. It will be free for sure. But my point is simply we want to be able to enable this. Um, you know, sort of in a larger larger platform. It's extremely helpful to for I tell people all the time: go study yourself, learn yourself, totally. realize your. I mean, in terms of communication, a lot of what I do is communication coaching. Yep. Understand yourself because when you understand yourself, you can know how you should be speaking out there. Completely, completely. and this and, sounds you know, like something that would really help with absolutely. the job. And look, I mean, Pymetrics is obviously we think it's a great way. There are other ways too, and I always say the more data, the better, right? In the sense that you know, talk to people who know you, right? I mean, we're constantly evolving as human beings. And I think the people that know you the best will also be able to give you, hopefully, if you have honest uh, relationships with them, you know, direct feedback. It's like, hey, you know, like you're pretty good at this, maybe not so much that. That's what Pymetrics does. I think there are other ways to find that as well. Um, and I think it's critical that we're always getting feedback about ourselves so that, you know, we can evolve into whatever the next iteration um, of, our, of ourselves is, so... Do you find, so you, you've paralleled this with relationships. So yeah. sometimes a relationship coach, a relationship teacher, a relationship author, then goes through awful relationship trauma. Yeah. And they've written about marriages. Now they get divorced. Right. Right. So sometimes what you have, yeah. you don't end up using. I mean, I know this as a communicator. Sometimes the things I'm telling people to do, I don't know. Yeah. Do. So yeah. do you find in your own company that here you are talking about Pymetrics, you're, you're yep. walking them through this. Yeah. And sometimes you're finding it difficult to get your your employees to go through it, to use it. No, I think people are pretty bought into that. You know what I mean? Um, I think people are pretty bought into this idea of like, what is my, you know, how can I use, how can I leverage, um, you know, new technology um, and new soft skills assessment to really understand, you know, my best fit. So we don't really encounter, you know, that type of resistance. I thought you were going, so where I thought you were going, and I'm going to make this uh, take analogy. It, take it where you think. No, it just because I think that a lot of times, you know, when we give, when we think about developing people internally and giving them feedback, a lot of times, and this has happened to me for sure, right? The feedback that you get at work is oftentimes very similar to the feedback you're getting from your friends and family, right? Like if you have flaws, it's not that you have different flaws that are showing. You're not a different person, generally speaking, at work than you are at home, right? I don't know if you've had this happen to you, right? So sometimes, you know, people... Right, right. You know, people sometimes be like, Frida, you're like a bit like a dog with a bone. Like if you have an idea, you just won't give it up. And of course, you know, my family will tell you the same thing, right? So my point is that it can be really helpful to get people in all contexts of your life to give you feedback about what they see you best suited as. It's not like you just have to go tap your work colleagues. I think people show up the same, generally speaking, you know, in, in all contexts. So all feedback, I think, can be hugely valuable. Is there is there an element of metrics that you're able to do that 360 degree feedback? No. And that's, you know, I think, again, we try to be best in class soft skills or durable skills assessment. I think there are other platforms, obviously, that we, you know, would recommend or partner with in terms of doing other aspects of, um, you know, feedback that you would, you know, want to have. So. So if you look at what you're doing there and you're going to bring in any outside source, like Enneagram, Finder, Cliff, any of those ones, are there any of those that you like to do for fun? Even if it's just like, which friend character are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm a Monica. You asking me, am I a self-assessment junkie? I'm absolutely a self-assessment junkie. And I think on, a, on the Enneagram, I'm an eight with a three. I can't remember. 
honestly, I think they're all really, they're all really fun. And I think that they can be helpful. Right. Um, I think, you know, again, Pymetrics is different in the sense that it can then be super actionable. Um, it will give you a breakdown of all of the different careers that you're well suited for, and then actually connect you to, to occupations. Right. So it's a little different than just a, a you know, a sort of a self-assessment, but I think all of these self-assessments can teach you, you know, something about yourself. So yes, I'm, you know, I'm an ENFP, I'm an eight slash three, and I'm a, sure I'm a whole bunch of other things that I can't remember. I don't know which favorite, <laughs> favorite <laughs> friends or sex in the city character I am. I'm not sure I did that quiz, but <laughs> But I do think that like two MIT scientists will find you the perfect wine quiz. Um, <laughs> that one. <laughs> I I did uh, because I have a upcoming book. And so as a point of just humor, I sure. actually did the, which friends are you? And I, nice. I found out I was a Monica and I, at first I was like, what? Oh, and then I, I thought, no, that. actually that's yeah. probably real. That's probably yeah, real. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, and, and my wife I I might be a Monica too. Although I don't really know. I'll have to go. and check <laughs> out, so. If you like control. <laughs> I do. You like <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and your strong will. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, you know, you do like control. Most entrepreneurs love love control and are strong willed. So okay. So if if people don't have the opportunity to do Pymetrics and yeah. they want to hire someone. 2022. Check back. Yeah. But if they're looking at hiring, say it's a doctor's practice. I was working with a doctor yep. last night. Yep. He's looking at hiring because his company's doing great. Yeah. And so he wants to bring someone in. What would you just say? Hey, I'm just going to give you a couple free thoughts on what to look for in hiring and not yeah. sending them to your website. Sure. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. And so just, but just to be clear, the thing we don't have now is like direct to sort of, I'm a job seeker and I want to find out for any company as large and small, they can come to our website. We're happy to, we're happy to help. However, other than that, you know, what I would say, honestly, um, is, Whatever your whatever system you're using, I would say try to break the mold from sort of traditional hiring practices. And what I mean by that is like people are super reliant on the resume and super reliant on referrals. Those are like the primary two ways that you know we all get. And I think you can so whatever other things you think you could be doing to hire better, do them. Like go give a talk somewhere, you know, go give a talk somewhere where you might not even think you know, you'd normally do. And, and you'll be surprised at who will show up being like, Hey, can I have an internship? Can I do this? Can I do that? Like try to get out of your comfort zone because I think you need to bring in new ideas and new people to the organization. And so that's just an example of something you could do. Um, but I think it's super critical not to just go back to the same tried and tested waters. Cause you know, I think that just leads to, you know, sort of stagnation. I, I called a referral one time for somebody different last name. Yeah. I said, Oh yeah, that's my daughter. <laughs> oh, good. Do you have anything negative to say about your daughter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Those are those are outdated in so many different ways. Yeah. Great analogies that you use here. Is there yeah. anything that you'd say, Mike, for your audience, as we're talking to, about developing people, here are just some things that I want to make sure people are doing, or something that you might not be doing, even if you seem to be doing everything well. Any nuggets that you just say, this, this is you, you just gotta do. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think it's interesting because I think as a, you know, first time founder, um, I'm still learning. I don't think that I'm like the perfect, you know, coach or manager or anything like that. But I think one thing I've really tried to do, and this might sound super basic, but, and some people are like, probably, you know, will roll their eyes and be like, I can't believe she didn't do this from the beginning, but really just tried to step back, 
and say, what's important to this person? How can I check in with, you know, this person to see if they're achieving their own sort of professional and personal goals, right? And I know that sounds ridiculous. Maybe everyone's like, well, of course you should be doing that. But I think sometimes when you're running so quickly and building your own business, you don't think that way. You think, oh, what do I need to do for this? What do I need to do for that? And you just assume that like people are excited to be here and they're excited to follow you, which is true. But then you have to think, well, what does this person want ultimately as their, you know, sort of long, longer term career goals and how am I helping them get there? So that's, that's all I would say is just stop and sort of smell the, smell the roses um, and ask somebody like, Hey, you know, how is this helping you fulfill your, your professional or personal goals? um, You know, every now and then. And for you, I mean, really when you're talking about realizing people's potential, if your managers aren't doing that for the people that they're managing, then they're not going to live up to the exact thing that you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Frida, this is, this is great. I I love your energy, your passion. I love the story of your company and what it is. I'll make sure to put that on the the links and on YouTube as well, but thank you so much for taking the time here to to share with me and to share with the audience. Thank you. And for all of our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll check with you next time. Make sure to like subscribe and share. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Advance with Mike Acker, a podcast designed to provide an edge for leaders through improving practical leadership skills and increasing confidence in speaking. Mike is a best-selling author and business owner who has helped many leaders increase their skills and their confidence, propelling them to new heights in their personal and professional endeavors. Join an incredible group of professionals taking the steps to become better leaders at connect.stepstoadvance.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Rita, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Absolutely, Mike. Pleasure to be here. So let's start out with just knowing a little bit more about who you are and about the company that you've started. Sure. So my name is Dr. Frida Pauly. Um, I am a former Harvard and MIT trained cognitive neuroscientist turned startup founder. Um, the company that I run, Pymetrics, leverages the behavioral science we were doing in academic labs um, for the purpose of talent assessment. So we assess talent um, via soft skills. Um, and instead of asking people questions about what they think about themselves or putting them through sort of boring math tests, we assess soft skills using tools that were developed by cognitive scientists. Um, we call them tools, but they're actually like fun little games that you do on the computer that look at everything from, you know, memory attention to how emotionally sensitive you are to altruism, to your risk propensity, a whole bunch of different things. And that's what makes it fun is we get to you know, look at a person uh, in 3D rather than just a, a 2D piece of paper. I love it. Where did you get this idea from? Where did this, was this part of your- Yeah, so, you know, I, I escaped the lab. <clears throat> um, I was a scientist on the loose and I found myself in an MBA program at Harvard and, you know, thinking I want to do something more commercial with the science that we had been developing. And, you know, basically all MBA students do for two years is recruit. So I had a front receipt to recruiting and I could tell that what people were trying to understand about someone was not what was on their resume. You could easily understand that it was really, who is this person? Like, let me paint, let me have a 3D picture of this person. Let me understand them from a cognitive, social and emotional perspective. And that's how the idea came to be is that we had been measuring these things in the lab. Um, you know, all of us crazy scientists um, using sort of new cognitive science technology. And so I knew that it could be done. And that's basically the secret sauce that was missing from this equation. So it was a pretty easy light bulb to go off. Are there there times where you still miss the lab and want to go back? 
<laughs> I feel like we have a mini lab in Pymetrics anyways, you know, so, uh, so whenever I miss it, I go hang out with the data scientists and then I don't miss it anymore. <laughs> so but I love the, the mission of Pymetrics is to help people. Well, you, why don't you say it better? Cause yeah, it's to help everyone realize their true potential. And even in the hiring process, right? Yeah. I mean, generally like not only in hiring, but also in mobility, reskilling, learning and development. I mean, I think what I, the analogy I always use is that I think our traditional ways of evaluating people for careers or jobs is very sort of 1950s. It's sort of like, oh, you know, you should be smart, hardworking, and agreeable, right? And if you're those three things, then you're going to be a great fit everywhere. That's sort of historically the way we viewed talent. I almost I give the analogy, it's almost like what dating was probably like 30 years ago for women. Oh, you should be, you know, pretty cook well and know how, how to iron a shirt, or maybe it was 50 years ago, right? That's a very sort of cookie cutter, very constraining approach to, you know, to thinking about careers. I think now in dating, you could be whatever you want to be. You don't even have to be a man or a woman anymore, right? And you will find that perfect fit on the other side because we know now that it's like, you know, everyone has a fit somewhere. And I don't think we've taken that same mentality to the world of work. And that's what cognitive science allows you to do. It allows you to see somebody very multidimensionally. And it also allows you to really understand that everybody's different and that everyone is going to have a fit somewhere. Well, one of the reasons why I was drawn to your profile on LinkedIn and reached out to you for this podcast was not only the success that you've had in your company, but this is something that I am personally passionate about. So not only so soft skills right here, connect through emotional intelligence. That was my what fifth book, I believe. And as I work with people in communication, I'm constantly seeing this need. And a lot yeah. of people are talking about their hiring and they don't have a, a way to go about it that is scientific. Yep. We're approaching it to, we're, we're applying that to everything else. So why not apply it to something like hiring people? Absolutely. Yep. The other reason why was when I was in um, my master's program in my young twenties, I had a yep. professor in educational psychology who talked about potential and yep. paraphrasing his words. He said, as a young person, potential is amazing. Yeah. As an old person, potential is a waste. <laughs> as an old person, you want expertise. And those stayed with me. And so for all these years, the goal has been help people realize their potential. Yeah. So so let's talk about who is someone that you want to brag on or someone that you could say, this is one of the success stories that we've had of someone I've been able to invest in and develop. You know, I don't want to pick any particular person because I think it really is the Pymetrix way that we have taken people who really didn't have the background or the expertise to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to disagree with your professor slightly. They have been (laughs) young, old, and everywhere in between and said, you know, this is really a launching pad for you to do something completely different. And I can't tell you the number of people who literally come from like government and now they're running DEI initiatives somewhere, or, um, you know, somebody who was a mechanical engineer and now they're a data scientist. I mean, just like, you know, really amazing stories, right? So it's it's really our whole mission is not only to facilitate this in the world at large, but also to do it internal to the company, to take people who don't have the background to do X, Y, and Z, and to really give them the opportunity and the training um, to do so. So there's no one person. It's really just, uh, there's a lot of people that I think who've come through Pymetrics and been able to do that. And I'm super proud. Let's go to that college professor for a moment, because I thought about that for a little while, (laughs) because here he is talking about as a young person, potential is great. As an old person, you want to have realized your potential. Right, right. My dad's in his seventies. I don't feel he's old. He still skis better than me, scuba dives, surfs. Totally. And he opened a law firm at 65. There you go. 
and he's flourishing as a law firm. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, my dad is the same. Like he was a career consultant at McKinsey for 30 years. And then, you know, at 60, he was an entrepreneur and started a chocolate brand that actually is like super successful. I see it in, you know, near my neighborhood um, and in many airports worldwide. Um, and then 10 years after that, he started a, you know, a private equity fund um, and he finally retired and he's like 82 um, you know, so I personally believe that there's a lot more in us than we have historically given ourselves credit for. And I think it's also because like life is changing, right? Nobody, very few people are going to retire. I think at you know, 60 or whatever, I think people live longer, live healthier, longer, have more sort of cognitive reserve these days. And I think that it's just, you know, and I think that people want to feel fulfilled. I think historically our attitude towards work was like, oh, it's a nine to five. I got to get through it. I got to save enough for retirement. Oh, finally I'm at retirement, right? (laughs) I can just like do what I want to do. But I think now the whole point is like, find something that you're super passionate about and that you love doing. Right. And I think that's exactly what Pymetrics is intended to do. It's trying to help everyone find their absolute best fit in the world of work so that it doesn't feel like a job, you know? Yeah, so, so I am curious to know for yeah. a different conversation, what your dad's going to do next, because it's only 82. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's getting bored doing exactly. Just exactly. Stuff himself. Yeah. But to our point of developing people, talk to me about how you went from one person with an idea around some other students to now, I mean, on your LinkedIn, it says 124 employees, yep. which probably means that you have more. And so talk to us a little bit about how you scaled from here to there and how long it took and some of the things that you did along the way. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think there's, it's, I always say building a company is a little bit like having a relationship. There's probably some fundamentals that you can do, right. But everybody's relationship and everybody's company is different. Right. I think for, for us, my co-founder, who is also a woman, um, you know, I think for us, it was really important to have sort of that scientific domain expertise. Right. So I was kind of like the cognitive scientist. She was the data scientist having that domain expertise really allowed us to build a platform that then attracted, you know, venture capital. um, And that really gave us a platform for bringing in people that, you know, again, were first time, whatever it was that they were doing and really giving people a platform to, to grow and, and scale whatever it is that they were, you know, trying to do. So I don't think there was like a secret sauce. I think very early, what we did do though, is identify sort of six values that we believe are, you know, very Pemetrics, right? Um, We did that really when we were like, less than 30 employees. And, you know, the values are um, motivated by the mission of like helping everyone realize their true potential, choosing positivity and teamwork, bias to action, um, you know, act with transparency and integrity um, and do the impossible. And I think that having those values at a very early stage really allowed us to develop a culture that I believe in any case was really the key to success, right? That Peter Drucker, I don't know if you know who he is, but he, you know, has this great quote, which says, you know, culture beats strategy for lunch uh, every day. And I kind of agree with that. I think if you foster a culture where you have very clear values that you're trying to foster um, within everyone, it really allows people to um, to flourish and to realize their true potential. And by the way, that culture could be different somewhere else. I'm not saying those are the six values you need to have, right. but I think having a culture that manifests whatever whatever aspect um, you are trying to promote in the world, I think is, is super important. Have you seen those cultural values shift throughout time? Have you done some? No, we've done, I mean, intentionally we've tried to keep those really core to what we do, right? It doesn't mean we've, we're a static organization and no one is able to influence it, but I think that, you know, let's take motivated by mission. If you're not motivated by the mission of helping everyone realize their true potential, like 
you know, maybe Pymetrics isn't the right startup for you, right? <laughs> Um, you know, or for example, like bias to action and do the impossible. If you're not motivated by like really making a difference and doing that um, in a way that sometimes feels like it's impossible, then again, you know, the way that we work maybe maybe isn't right for you. So we've really tried to stay true to those values um, more than like having shifting values every year because new people are coming in. It, it's yeah. And you don't have the the 1990s accessory posters all over the place with the cultural values. No. Although that, that might be something to bring back. I, I miss those. Right. right. Maybe we'll update them a little bit for, you know, 2021. But yeah, they were pretty cute. If you think about it. I mean, they were cute. They were cute. They were they were fun to laugh at. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, they have posters too. So, right. so what are some challenges that you have seen that have shown up that that were some big turning points perhaps or caused the creation of something else or caused even some confusion and downturn? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, just take the recent pandemic, right? I mean, so, you know, we were- Oh, wait, that, you had that too? The <laughs> pandemic <laughs> affected you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just, you know, navigating COVID. I mean, you know, a lot of our clients were like, hey, by the way, not only are we not hiring, we're actually, unfortunately, you know, letting people go. So we went through a pretty dramatic transformation last year in terms of like, not so much like what we were doing as a company, but the types of products that we needed to to deliver to to meet our clients where they needed us to be met, where they needed us to meet them, right? So instead of just focusing on hiring, we now do a lot of mobility work, right? Because people are like, well, we're not hiring, but boy, oh boy, has this business environment changed a whole hell of a lot. Like, could you help me with that? And so, you know, and so I think it's like, you know, we have transformed in response to, as have many companies in response to recent events, and I think that that's really led to, you know, a, str- a stronger, healthier platform overall, you know. What is it that you're telling your clients that you can mm-hmm. share here for, for this audience for free in a shorter, reduced amount that you have found people saying that's really helpful? I think, again, this doesn't, this really shouldn't be a light bulb moment, but for many clients it is. It's really that focusing on the talent that you have within an organization and helping them develop their true potential. I think clients are needing to change, right? Like with the great resignation and COVID, the combination of those two things, clients understand that, you know what, my brand isn't enough to keep talent, right? Like people are walking out the door at brand name companies, like there's no tomorrow. So what we shared with them is like, develop your people, give them internal mobility opportunities, give them L and D, right? Those are the types of things that are going to make you able to retain the type of talent that you want to retain rather than literally them walking out the door and finding a different job somewhere else. And that, I think, again, it shouldn't be a light bulb moment, but I think it has been for a lot of people. And it's really, I think it's resonated well. So it's really develop your, develop your people. It's very interesting. Yesterday I had a conversation with CEO, as I mentioned to you, Sourcecraft Cocktails, and he had mentioned almost exactly the same in terms of the great resignation and training. And then he, he took it on a tangent when I asked this question. So what areas are you? (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was too early in the morning. He said it was five o'clock somewhere, but I I got, I got clients here today. So so no cocktail right now. Later on. The, but the, the big question, what are you doing to train people? What are you training people in? What do you feel like is maybe a no-brainer to you? But what I found out, and I'm sure you as well, when you say something that becomes so normal to you, you realize that it's brand new to somebody else. So sure. what is it that you're training people in and teaching people in? 
Well, again, I think a lot of times when people are thinking about internal mobility or developing people, they're looking only at somebody's resume or their hard skills, right? You really need to assess. And you know, again, we use Pymetrics. You can use whatever you want to use. You really need to understand sort of their cognitive, social, and emotional aptitudes, right? Because there's three parts to job happiness and success. There's hard skills. Got it. There's aptitudinal fit which is what we do. And then there's also interest and motivation, right? So as people are thinking through this time of great resignation, they're raising their hand and saying, I'm interested, I'm motivated by this and I'm not doing this, right? So you're getting that signal from the person. You have the resume. What's really missing is some way to gauge their soft skill fit to to different roles. And so that's what we've been obviously using our own tool internally to do and obviously would encourage people to figure out whatever system they're going to use to really understand based somebody's core fit to, to a role. Is Pymetrics available to the average consumer or is it just something that that is rolling out to? That is a great question. We are planning on having a direct-to-consumer platform uh, in twenty early 2022, so check back. Um, and But absolutely, that's the goal is really to allow this career assessment to happen, you know, more broadly at scale for, for you know, direct-to-consumer purposes. It will be free for sure. But my point is simply we want to be able to enable this, um, you know, sort of in a larger, larger platform. It's extremely helpful to for I tell people all the time, go study yourself, learn yourself, totally. realize your I mean, in terms of communication. A lot of what I do is communication coaching. Yep. Understand yourself because when you understand yourself, you can know how you should be speaking out there. Completely. Completely. And this and, sounds you know, like I, something that would really help with absolutely. the job. And look, I mean, Pymetrics is obviously, we think it's a great way. There are other ways too. And I always say the more data, the better, right? In the sense that, you know, talk to people who know you, right? I mean, we're constantly evolving as human beings. And I think the people that know you the best will also be able to give you, hopefully, if you have honest uh, relationships with them, you know, direct feedback as to like, hey, you know, like you're pretty good at this, maybe not so much that. That. That's what Pymetrics does. I think there are other ways to find that as well. Um, and I think it's critical that we're always getting feedback about ourselves so that, you know, we can evolve into whatever the next iteration um, of, our, of ourselves is. So do you find so you, you've paralleled this with relationships? So yeah. sometimes a relationship coach, a relationship teacher, a relationship author then goes through right. awful relationship trauma. Yeah. Okay, they've written about marriages. Now they get divorced. Right. So sometimes what you have, you yeah. don't end up using. I mean, I know this is a communicator. Sometimes the things I'm telling people to do, I don't know. Yeah. Do. So yeah. do you find in your own company that here you are talking about Pymetrics, you're, you're yep. walking them through this. Yep. And sometimes you're finding it difficult to get your, your employees to go through it, to use it. No, I think people are pretty bought into that. You know what I mean? Um, I think people are pretty bought into this idea of like, what is my, you know, how can I use, how can I leverage, um, you know, new technology um, and new soft skills assessment to really understand, you know, my best fit. So we don't really encounter, you know, that type of resistance. I thought you were going, so where I thought you were going, and I'm going to make this uh, take analogy. It, take it where you think. No, it just because I think that a lot of times, you know, when we give, when we think about developing people internally and giving them feedback, a lot of times, and this has happened to me for sure, right? The feedback that you get at work is oftentimes very similar to the feedback you're getting from your friends and family, right? Like if you have flaws, it's not that you have different flaws that are showing. You're not a different person, generally speaking, at work than you are at home, right? I don't know if you've had this happen to you, right? So sometimes, Never. you know, people... <laughs> Right, right. You know, people sometimes be like, Frida, you're like a bit like a dog with a bone. Like if you have an idea, you just won't give it up. And of course, you know, my family will tell you the same thing, right? So my point is that it can be really helpful to get people in all contexts of your life to give you feedback about what they see you best suited as. It's not like you just have to go tap your work colleagues. I think people show up the same 
generally speaking, you know, in, in all contexts. So all feedback, I think, can be hugely valuable. Is there is there an element of metrics that you're able to do that 360 degree feedback? No. And that's, you know, I think, again, we try to be best in class soft skills or durable skills assessment. I think there are other platforms, obviously, that we, you know, would recommend or partner with in terms of doing other aspects of, um, you know, feedback that you would, you know, want to have. So. So if you look at what you're doing there and you're going to bring in any outside source, like Enneagram, Finder, Cliff, any of those ones, are there any of those that you like to do for fun? Even if it's just like, which friend character are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm a Monica. You asking me, am I a self-assessment junkie? I'm absolutely a self-assessment junkie. And I think on, a, on the Enneagram, I'm an eight with a three. I can't remember. Honestly, I think they're all really, they're all really fun. And I think that they can be helpful, right? Um, I think, you know, again, Pemetrix is different in the sense that it can then be super actionable. Um, it will give you a breakdown of all of the different careers that you're well suited for and then actually connect you to, to occupations, right? So it's a little different than just a, a you know, a sort of a self-assessment. But I think all of these self-assessments can teach you, you know, something about yourself. So yes, I'm, you know, I'm an ENFP, I'm an eight slash three, and I'm a, sure I'm a whole bunch of other things that I can't remember. I don't know which favorite, <laughs> favorite <laughs> friends or sex in the city character I am. I'm not sure I did that quiz, but... <laughs> Uh, but I do think like two MIT scientists will find you the perfect wine quiz. Um, <laughs> that one. <laughs> I I did uh, because I have a upcoming book. And so as a point of just humor, I sure. actually did the, which friends are you? And I nice. found out it was a Monica. And I, at first I was like, what? Oh. And then I, I thought, no, that, actually, that's yeah. probably real. That's probably yeah, real. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, and, and my wife. It might be a Monica too. Although I don't really know. I'll have to go. and check <laughs> <it> out, <so. laughs> If you like control. I do. Like <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Under strong will. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, you know, you do like control. Most entrepreneurs love love control on our strong will. So okay. So if if people don't have the opportunity to do Pymetrics and yeah. they want to hire someone, 2022, check back. Yeah. But if they're looking at hiring, say it's a doctor's practice. I was working with a doctor last night. Yep. He's looking at hiring because his company's doing great. Yeah. And so he wants to bring someone in. What would you just say? Hey, I'm just going to give you a couple free thoughts on what to look for in hiring and not yeah. sending them to your website. Sure. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And so just, but just to be clear, the thing we don't have now is like direct to sort of, I'm a job seeker and I want to find out for any companies, large and small, they can come to our website. We're happy to, we're happy to help. However, other than that, you know, what I would say, honestly, um, is, Whatever your whatever system you're using, I would say try to break the mold from sort of traditional hiring practices. And what I mean by that is like people are super reliant on the resume and super reliant on referrals. Those are like the primary two ways that you know we all get. And I think you can so whatever other things you think you could be doing to hire better, do them. Like go give a talk somewhere, you know, go give a talk somewhere where you might not even think you know, you'd normally do. And, and you'll be surprised at who will show up being like, Hey, can I have an internship? Can I do this? Can I do that? Like try to get out of your comfort zone because I think you need to bring in new ideas and new people to the organization. And so that's just an example of something you could do. Um, but I think it's super critical not to just go back to the same tried and tested waters. Cause you know, I think that just leads to, you know, sort of stagnation. I, I called a referral one time for somebody different last name. Yeah. I said, Oh yeah, that's my daughter. <laughs> oh, good. Do you have anything negative to say about your daughter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Those are those are outdated in so many different ways. Yep. Great analogies that use here. Is yep. there anything that you'd say 
in Mike, for your audience, as we're talking about developing people, here are just some things that I want to make sure people are doing or something that you might not be doing, even if you seem to be doing everything well. Any nuggets that you just said, this, this is, you you just got to do. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think it's interesting because I think as a, you know, first time founder, um, I'm still learning. I don't think that I'm like the perfect, you know, coach or manager or anything like that. But I think one thing I've really tried to do um, and this might sound super basic, but, and some people are like, probably, you know, will roll their eyes and be like, I can't believe she didn't do this from the beginning, but really just try to step back and say, what's important to this person? How can I check in with, you know, this person to see if they're achieving their own sort of professional and personal goals. Right. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Maybe everyone's like, well, of course you should be doing that. But I think sometimes when you're running so quickly and building your own business, you don't think that way. You think, oh, what do I need to do for this? What do I need to do for that? And you just assume that like, People are excited to be here and they're excited to follow you, which is true. But then you have to think, well, what does this person want ultimately as their, you know, sort of long, longer term career goals and how am I helping them get there? So that's, that's all I would say is just stop and sort of smell the, smell the roses um, and ask somebody like, Hey, you know, how is this helping you fulfill your, your professional or personal goals? um, You know, every now and then. And for you, I mean, really when you're talking about realizing people's potential, if your managers aren't doing that for the people that they're managing, then they're not going to live up to the exact yeah. thing that you want to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Frida, this is this is great. I, I love your energy, your passion. I love the story of your company and what it is. I'll make Thanks. sure to put that on the, the links and on YouTube as well. But thank oh you so God. much for taking the time here to, to share with me and to my share pleasure. with the audience. Thank you. And for all of our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll check with you next time. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Masters of Employee Development. Do you know someone who would be a great guest? Send them to mikeacker.com forward slash apply. Do you want the show notes? Go to connect.mikeacker.com. Until next time, subscribe, rate, and give a review on Amazon or iTunes or your favorite platform. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? 
please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.